All content discussed on Hypochondriactor are the individual opinions of Dr. Priyanka Wally and Sean Hayes and should not be construed as personalized medical advice. I mean, come on, please. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Please consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. I'm Dr. Priyanka Wally. I'm a licensed and practicing doctor. I'm also a stand-up comic. Hi, I'm Sean Hayes. And this morning, you know what? I thought I was going to be stung by a bee because I saw a bee buzzing down the street. And I thought that the sting would get swollen. I need an EpiPen, even though in the past I've never had an issue with bees. But then I got worried that if I ran away from the bee, I might sprain my ankle, which reminded me of the time that I had plantar fasciitis and I was concerned it might flare up again. Sean, 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 let's, let's calm your hypochondriacter. Let's just... Deep breath. Yes, good, good. And, and that's why we're doing this show, everyone. I love it. Each episode, Dr. Wally will listen to my crazy fears, and then we'll bring on a guest with a fascinating medical story and play games. Look, I think it's safe to say that Sean's not America's first hypochondriac, but he is America's first hypochondriactor. Wingong! Hi. Oh, hi, Priyanka. She's in a beautiful yellow sweater today. She's sunny to match her personality. (laughs) That's no lie. And you've got a cute hat backwards. I like it. It's my sad attempt at trying to look even the tiniest bit masculine. (laughs) What do you think about that? You masculine. Adorable. Is it working? Is it working? Priyanka, tell me something. I want to know this about you because I've always wondered. You know, med school, right? Because you're a doctor, med school. Uh, first of all, how many years did you go? Oh, well, it's four years med school, then three years residency. Oh my God, I'm already tired. So seven years of just training. And then I did another year of board certification in obesity medicine. So, and then there's all the years of clinical practice. So gosh, I mean, 15 years. I don't know, actually. I don't count anymore. That's crazy. And tell me, I'm sure you had to do like uh, experimental things on like fake bodies or real bodies (laughs) or whatever. Tell me a super strange, bizarre, crazy thing you witnessed. I love that. Oh yeah. So you're talking about the cadavers, cadaver lab. We, we studied sure, gross yeah. anatomy with the, with the cadavers. And yeah. I remember because these bodies are donated and there was one person where, uh, it wasn't my group. It was the group right next to me yeah. and they opened her up and they found deep no. in her throat. Moths like silence of the lambs. Not moths, but, a uh, orange, like a piece of orange. What do you mean, like an orange wedge? Yeah, like an orange wedge. Like the kind your grandma gives you or like from a fruit? Like like a piece of fruit, like an okay. orange wedge was yeah. lodged deep in her throat. And the cause of death they had written for her was heart failure, but she actually choked in her like chair or something. Because, oh my God. Because there was an orange in her in her throat. So older woman or Yeah, yeah. She was she was like old. Old. So oh, that makes they me thought so sad. like, oh, she's old. She just died, you know, because of old age. But no. This person actually choked on a piece of fruit. That's how death by fruit, death by orange. Wow. Now, if it was one of the th- ones that your grandma gave you, what I mean is those sugar candy orange wedges. Oh, like the orange. right. That's what I mean. I guess you could choke on those, but those things are tiny, right? I mean, well, this is like a honking piece of organic yeah. orange wedge. Wow. You know? So you found that in there? That's crazy. I didn't find it. The group next to me. They did. Did one of them pop it in their mouths? Then they ate it and it yeah. was delicious. I'm yeah. sure it was still and fresh. I believe 
and I may not be accurate, but I think they then informed the family and, you know, it was just like good for the, for the family to know, like, okay, that's how, that's how grandma actually went. She, it was her last supper. That's how much you've neglected your grandmother. Cause you just, she died when she could have been, she was probably needing help and nobody was around. Oh, it breaks my heart to even think about that. But I do want to say, Sean, do you want to donate your body to science after, after you are no longer with us? I mean, sure, but good luck. (laughs) It's such a help to be able to study on these, but I learned so much about the human body through the cadavers. I have so much respect for people that donate their body. Yeah. You can have my body. I'm basically a walking classroom. There's nothing. That's true. You're already donating your body body to the podcast industry (laughs) in more ways than one now listen on to me because enough about you (laughs) and our guest i'm so oh my gosh i am so excited about our guest today yvette nicole brown she's going to be talking to us about her diabetes and potentially her father's alzheimer's by the way sean diabetes is like my jam, my sugar-free jam. I love talking about diabetes. I have treated thousands of people with diabetes. I've taught at UCSF about diabetes. I'm I'm all about- I love it. I have more questions. I mean, my husband, Scotty, has diabetes and we, we have touched on it before on this show, but um, but yeah, I always like learning new things about it because it's kind of fascinating how the pancreas is just like, sorry. Peace. I'm not going to make any insulin anymore. Bye. Right. Although just for clarification, Scotty has type one yes. and Yvette Nicole Brown is going to be talking to us about her type two. Type two, right. You were going to tell me about your problems. Yes. Tell me what, what happened. How much time do you have? I have as much time as this uh, recording disc will record data. I have always had, I don't know whether you call it tendonitis or carpal tunnel, in my, mostly my right arm from playing the piano for so long, right? How long have you been playing the piano for? Uh, you know, I studied piano from when I was five years old till about wow. 22 years old. And oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. So I was a concert pianist. I thought that's what I was going to do with my life. And then I started composing music and then, I, and then I was a music director at this theater and then I was an actor. And so I kind of dabbled in all of it. But anyway, and then I kind of would go in and out of playing piano. I didn't kind of keep it up. But all of that time, I would feel like looking back, I felt the tension in my right arm a lot. Like, I don't know if I was not playing properly or, or if a teacher didn't catch that I was using more of my forearm than my shoulder, which is the correct way to play. And now it's kind of worse than ever. And I can only play for like a certain amount of time before it's just, I can feel the pain, but, um, and the tightness. Okay. And I do, I have learned like PT exercises. Like you, you squeeze like those round therapeutic balls, not my own insert joke here. Uh, (laughs) But, and then you do exercise it with a rubber band around your fingers where you stretch it in and out. Like, so stuff like that. But what causes it is, can it go away? What's the deal? So let's back up a little bit. It sounds like overused tendinopathy, but I have a few more questions. So you started playing when you were five. Yeah. Was there a lot of pressure and stress around these lessons, like when you were being taught or learning? Uh, No. I mean, it literally was like my mom, I wasn't doing anything after school. So she's like, you're not doing anything. You want to take piano lessons? I was like, sure, I don't care. And so I did that, but there was a lot of stress and pressure at home with dad and that's another podcast but yeah that's another podcast okay and so would you say growing up as you were learning to play the piano were you a bit of a perfectionist absolutely okay got it all right there was a time when i didn't practice for like a couple years and i got my ass kicked then i really took it seriously okay all right so in the western sense one could say okay you have overused tendinopathy and you can do pt and do all the exercises but 
Are you familiar with the work of Dr. John Sarno? Sure. No, I have no idea. (laughs) Okay. He he wrote this great book, which you might actually want to read. It's called The Mind-Body Prescription. And he talks about how emotions play a role in our physical symptoms. He talks about this condition called tension myositis syndrome, TMS. Oh, yeah. And essentially, it's caused by certain emotions that we hold it within and don't express. The brain takes those emotions and then manifests a physical symptom in order to bring attention to the emotion. Wow. And people who have perfectionist tendencies tend to be at higher risk of having tension myositis syndrome. Well, uh, that's interesting. You mean like it could be in other places in the body, right? Oh, yeah. Any, any physical symptom. Yeah. And so I'm curious in the context of which you were growing up, sounds like it was really stressful at home Yeah, and you were a perfectionist and you really wanted to do this well. Plus it sounds like you were going to be a concert pianist and wait, by the way, yes. And this answers so many things like, is that why I'm a hypochondriac actor? (gasps) Ding, ding, ding. I think it would be amazing if you read Dr. John Sarno's mind body prescription. I'm writing this down. Write it down. It will honestly change your life. I carry sometimes extra copies of the books because uh, it's it's amazing. He has helped thousands of people with chronic pain issues, um, tension myositis syndrome. Uh-huh. Um, I think you might actually really like it. I love that. Well, thanks for coming on the show today. I really You're appreciate welcome. it and take care. <laughs> I think we need to start thinking about how we're going to rename the show once I cure your hypochondriac. <laughs> and it's just going to be called actor and then nobody will listen. Everybody will listen. <laughs> um, let's bring on our guest. Yeah, let's do it. I'm so excited. Our guest today is an actress, comedian, writer, TV host, voiceover artist, singer, and a million other things that I can't even do half as well. You've seen her on a ton of TV shows, including her role as Shirley on Community. Amazing. And in the new Disney Plus show, Big Shots. Please welcome my friend Yvette Nicole Brown. Hi, Yvette. Hi, guys. Mr. Sean Hayes and Dr. Priyanka. How are you guys doing? Fabulous. By the way, thank you for asking. I'm doing fine today today. <laughs> but uh, Yvette, you work more than anybody I know. Seriously. First of all, you know why? Because not only are you insanely talented, you're genuinely kind to everyone you see. Everybody speaks so highly of you. And you're mm. like this incredible role model. You're like everything. You're but very kind. It's Sean all Hayes. true. But I think <laughs> your finest work of all was in a little show called Will and Grace. You know uh, what? Mm-hmm. That was my finest work. It's funny you should mention that show. You're not attached to it in any way. No, not um. at all. <laughs> Completely biased. <laughs> but well, I'll give you 20 bucks right now if you remember your character's name. Her name was Rue Ann. Oh. <laughs> I, and never, ding, ding, ding. I never remember any of my characters. You names. owe me $20. And listen, yeah, it's I'll easy Venmo. because like I just did it like six, what, what, eight months ago or whatever. Yeah. So it's not like it was like years. You guys were on for forever. I was, I I was one of the last guest stars. So You were so great. Thank you so um, much. I didn't get to work with you, though. That's all I know. We weren't in any scenes together. Mm-hmm. So, wow. But anyway, <laughs> let me ask you about, like, early inspirations in film and television, like, Let's in the comedy it. and sci-fi world, because it's so weird. People learn that I'm a pianist. I play the piano. And mm-hmm. they're like, you don't look like you play the piano. I'm like, well, how do people who look like... And I would, I would say the same to you. You don't look like a nerd. Like, especially yeah, like a sci-fi nerd. nerd. 
Oh God, I'm such a nerd. And you know what? The thing is too about nerds. I think nerds, when people hear the word nerd, they're thinking, oh, you got your, your, the pocket protector and the glasses. Yeah. And I had all of that in high school too. But being a nerd is really just liking things a lot. So you can be a mm. nerd about a thousand different things. So I'm a nerd about Legos. I'm a nerd you about are? the Muppets. Yeah, I'm a nerd about the Muppets. I'm a I nerd about, that. right? I'm a nerd about Star Wars. And so it, it yes. there are some comic book influences and some sci-fi influences, but I'm just somebody that likes things a lot. So I'm a nerd about a lot of things and we come in all I shapes love, and sizes. Well, God, I could so talk to you forever. So have you purchased like the Star Wars Legos? Oh yeah, and- I'm, I did the Millennium Falcon. That was the, the thing that I got it. I, when I was shooting a show called The Mayor on ABC, I'm like, I'm going to do the Millennium Falcon over the season. I did it in like three days. Like wow. I'm such a nerd. I was like, I don't, every time I would go to my room like I gotta put it together so yeah that is no small feat I've done the Millennium Falcon too and that is a monster but it's it's amazing when it's done I was I kept it I kept it together and just wrapped it in bubble wrap and I'm gonna put it on display when I get a house worthy of it I love that Uh, did you get did you ride the new Millennium Falcon ride at Disneyland I wrote it before it even opened listen bitch I'll take you down (laughs) right now Uh uh-uh are you you serious right Yes, but not before it opened. That's so I, fancy. That's VIP. I know. I wow. went two days before it opened. My friend Jeffrey Epstein is a part of a, he has a podcast for Different Disney. One. Different oh, yeah, one. No, oh, not that one. Oh, God, <laughs> no, not God, that one. Not God, the bad guy, the, the good one. And he works at Disney and he's um, he has a podcast over there. And so he was like, you want to come and ride, you know, the, the, the Star Wars ride and talk about it? I was like, yes. Please. So I went like two days before it opened. And That's rode. awesome. Wasn't it's it amazing. great? It's, it's when amazing. Those, when those doors open, you guys, and you don't even know how you move, what floor you're on, and it opens, and it's all the stormtroopers. It's like, what is going on? I know. The, wow. The yeah. money. My God, yeah. they, they spend on those things. It's incredible. I know. So thank you for being on the show on our little medical podcast. I have to tell this to every guest that comes on. Again, people are like, you're so interested in medicine. Yes, because <laughs> I feel like I've had everything done to me. If, it, if I haven't, I feel like it's going to. <laughs> happened to me. And so um, I love uh, sharing, swapping stories about medical issues or trials and tribulations of anything mm-hmm. you've gone through. So thank you for sharing with us today. I understand you're going to talk to us about type 2 diabetes, which I don't know anything yes. about. My husband has type 1. Yeah. How did you find out? What was that experience like? Yeah. Well, if, uh, correct me, Dr. Priyanka, if I'm crazy when I say this, but type 2 is of the two diabetes sugars. Yeah. Uh, type 2 is the one that you kind of do to yourself. Like it's something that you're eating is out of out of whack a little bit or you've gained some weight or um, your body just, it's insulin resistance, um, but it it's is. one that you have some control over. You have some say over it. And if you just make some changes, um, but if you lose just seven to 10% of your body weight, you can affect some change in, in how your body processes insulin. So I got diabetes or gave myself diabetes by eating a lot of donuts on the set of community. And we were on community for, you know, we had 16 hour days on community. So Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time at the craft services table and um, I watched myself get bigger and bigger. And if you watch the show, you can see me get bigger and bigger. (laughs) And um, I got a, I got a pre-diabetes diagnosis, like in maybe in season one. And then by season three, it was full blown, Mm -hmm. blown diabetes. So yeah. Well, yeah, first of all, Eva, you hit the nail on the head with mm-hmm. insulin resistance being the the cause of diabetes. But I actually come from this philosophy that I don't think it's people's faults that they contract diabetes. Oh, thank I, you. <laughs> we live in a society right now where one of the most addictive substances in the world is completely legal and socially accepted. Yeah, sure. You know, I, I do believe sugar is the tobacco of our generation. Wow. And so mm-hmm. it's not your fault that there were donuts lying around, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, you know, you go to any shopping mall, 
what stores have the longest lines out the door? It's like the Cinnabons yep, and all right. the, the sugary Candy places. Stores. Yep, you're right. This uh-huh. is a highly addictive substance. In fact, they've done fMRI studies looking at sugar. It acts on the same receptors of the brain as drugs of abuse like heroin mm-hmm. and cocaine. What's fMRI? It's a functional MRI where you eat something and then they look at how your brain changes, oh, oh, lights oh, up, the colors yeah. change. So oh, I see. It's literally lighting up the same parts of the brain as drugs of abuse. So wow. when people say like, oh, type 2 diabetes is the one you give to yourself, I completely disagree. I think we're living in a very toxic food society and it's not our faults that well, we are thank contracting you for that. diabetes. Thank yeah. you so much for that. Thank you. I appreciate it. Because, I, you know, and, and this is the thing. I think some of us that believe we did it to ourselves, it's a way to possibly empower ourselves into thinking that if you got yourself into this, you can get yourself out. So maybe that's part of it too. But I agree with the addiction aspect of it because I swear I would walk past the donuts and go, you don't have to eat five. Uh And my body would go, yes, you You do. do. Uh So it's just, you know, it is. I can imagine that it calls to you the way drugs call to people that are addicted. Yeah. Exactly. So I have two questions, Priyanka. Yes, Sean Hayes. Or Yvette. Or either one. Two questions. One is for a dummy like me who doesn't really know it because I've never studied it. So what happens with, because I know in type one, the pancreas just completely stops making insulin. So in type two, what is the pancreas doing? Is it almost on the verge of not making it or? Great question. So type two diabetes, you eat sugars and carbs, the body is actually going to secrete insulin to try and bring those sugar levels down. But if you eat so many carbs that the body's going to produce as much insulin as it possibly can, but it maxes out, it's not able to meet the needs. Uh And so it's, it's not enough insulin for the massive amount of carbs that someone's trying to eat. I see. Now in the current spectrum, the way we treat diabetes is if someone isn't producing enough insulin, we just tell them take more insulin in the form of insulin injections. But the other Mm. way to treat or approach the same disease is if you actually cut down the carbohydrates, the demand for insulin goes down. I see. Well, let me ask you this, Dr. Priyanka. So does that mean, is there ever a time with type 2 that you can blow out your pancreas where it just doesn't make it anymore? Yes. Sometimes if someone has had type 2 diabetes for long enough, eventually the pancreas can burn out. And there are certain diabetes medications like sulfonylureas, medications like glyburide, glimepiride, glipizide, that if you use for many, many years can eventually lead to the pancreas cells burning out or beta cell burnout as it's called That's in the wild. medical speak. So it'd be almost like you have type 1 then and you have no choice but yes, to... Yes, it's actually called adult onset type 1 and sometimes wow. people can have type 2 but half of their pancreas isn't functioning and it's called adult onset type 1 and a half. Now I have seen in, in my clinical practice sometimes people with pancreatic beta cell burnout, if they eat a very low carb diet after many years, sometimes they can get some It'll pancreatic refunction but it's not like, um, it's not super common, but it, it, it does happen from time to time. That's wild. Yeah. What numbers, I'm sorry, as I, as I take over. Please. The oh, take over, Dr. Priyanka. You take over. What kind of numbers do you see that cause a pancreas to burn out? Are we talking about the 400s a day, the 600 glucose numbers oh, a day? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, the blood sugar, yeah. Every person is different. So for example, you may have sugars in the 200s and your pancreas is burned out. I may have sugar in the 400s and my pancreas mm-hmm. is burned out. We're both burnt out but it's different. Right, different. Okay. That's the thing about this. You can't just apply this to the entire world. It, the best medicine is personalized medicine. It's individualized. Right. And right. and so even things like the foods we eat, like if I ate an apple, it's going to change my glucose levels different than if Sean ate the apple or if you ate the apple. Mm-hmm. It's very personalized. 
Okay, I have so many questions for Yvette, too. <laughs> I know for a fact, because again, for the 80th time, my husband has type 1. And I know he's told me one of the signs of first getting it is you're con- you lose all this weight. You're constantly thirsty. You can't just drink enough. You're just completely feeling dehydrated all the time. Is there something like that that happened to you that informed you that way something's going on? No, God, I wish that I had dropped a whole bunch of weight and didn't know why. <laughs> no, the thirst thing I heard is very common in type two. And also going to the bathroom a lot, which makes sense, because if you're drinking more, you'll be going to the bathroom more. And I remember um, my skin got really dry. Oh. Like, everything was just itchy. I was scratchy and itchy, and mm-hmm. it, I, I couldn't put enough lotion on. Mm-hmm. But I never lost weight. I gained weight uh-huh. and was and was thirsty. You know, just to add to that, a lot of peeing. So the reason people with diabetes pee a lot is because the glucose mm-hmm. levels are so high, the extra glucose actually spills out into the urine through the kidneys. And so that's why we're peeing a lot. In fact, um, people who have Jesus. recurrent UTIs should always be screened for diabetes because uh, when there's a lot of glucose in the urine, it allows bacteria to grow because they use that glucose to grow. So Right. Let me ask you this too. What if you have diabetes and you don't use the bathroom a lot? Like when I was on community, I was kind of like a camel. Mm-hmm. So until it got really bad, I could go for hours without using the bathroom because I just want to get up and leave the, the study room table. So is that just also your body's just different? It's, it's just a, it's a difference. You can't say every person that pees a lot has diabetes. That's that's definitely right. not true. You're a perfect example. Everyone presents differently, you know? Okay. Yeah. Also this, like, I feel like I've read many places that diabetes affects the black community more. Is that true and why? This is true. The rates of uh, diabetes in the African-American community are higher and there are more complications. And why? Why is that? Well, I I mean, I personally, uh, given the populations I've treated, I think it's being a black person in the United States dealing with just everyday life. Plus yeah. the effects of racism, I think that actually Stressful. impacts health, health outcomes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and also diabetes is a when you're it's a when if you have a big stomach, right? Your stress produces cortisol. Cortisol makes your stomach get chubbier, and then you so it's all connected, uh-huh. right? So if you're already stressed out because you're a black person in America, you you probably already have a cortisol belly, and that can lead to diabetes and how, I don't know how many other ailments, and then also. In the black community, we do love delicious yeah, food. Yeah, for sure. And the so best food, there's a by lot the way. of a lot of sweets, mm-hmm. a lot of carbs, a lot of and and you know, as I joked when we came in, you know, we call diabetes sugar. Mm-hmm. Oh, he got a little sugar. sugar. And it's always a little it's always a little sugar. He got you know, Uncle John got a uh-huh. little sugar. But a lot of people in the black community, we have family members who left here without body parts. Oh, well they took Uncle John's right. food. Right. Oh, they took Aunt Mary's right. leg, and we just accept, like, they'll get the diagnosis, and they don't make any changes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because it's just something that we know. In our community, you just get diabetes, and you lose a, an arm or a foot. Yvette, what about, like, cravings, though? Like, do you—what do you do about walking past a tray of donuts or, like—because I have that problem, too, where, I mean, yeah. I don't want to get into it, but I feel like there are days when I possibly—because I have a complete addiction to sugar, and I'm worried about uh-huh. it because mm-hmm. of my age me or whatever. Too. Me too, But yeah. um, what do you do about that? Well, this is the thing. I know that when I was on community, I was excessively eating sugar. Like, it was—I'm not joking. I would eat, like, six—not in one sitting, but I would eat, like, six donuts a day, mm-hmm. right? So, thankfully, I'm not in a situation now where I have that much time on set, and I'm not walking by delicious donuts and cakes and whatever all day. I believe everything in moderation. Yeah, so sure. I'm not someone that's like, I'm never going to have a piece of cake, but I don't have a whole cake uh-huh. and I don't have a, a whole cake every day or every week. Mm-hmm. And if I 
say I'm going to go to Cheesecake Factory and I'm going to get this cheesecake, then I'll make sure that I use the treadmill for an extra hour that day to try to burn off some of the sugar that's now in my body, Uh you know, drink more water. And also simple things you can do if you have a diabetes diagnosis or you're facing one, you're pre-diabetic. Just stop. The first thing you can do is stop eating sugary drinks. Yeah. If you go Seriously. from sweet tea and lemonade and Coca-Cola to just water, you are automatically knocking out like 50% of the sugar that you're taking in every day. And you know what? During the pandemic, everybody's got their own story. But like, you know, I've completely mm-hmm. felt the way. I was eating pizza and burgers and cake and ice cream and yeah. just everything. But let me tell you, this sounds like a commercial for our podcast and it's not. Do but it, this do is it, a it, product sure. called Hint Water. Hint Do you know water. it? Tell us about Tell us about. I am going water, to, Sean. but it really does sound like a thing, and I'm not. I just drink it. It is, of course, I can't read it. It's zero <laughs> calories, zero fat, zero sodium, mm. zero sugar, zero anything. It contains no juice, whatever. It's pure water. What they do is they boil fruit, and they take mm. the essence, and they put it in the water. So mm. this tastes like watermelon, and it's pure water. Oh, if you don't have an endorsement for Hint the, Water for this right? podcast after that, uh-huh. I don't know what uh, it's going to take. Hint. Call Sean Hayes. <laughs> it's called Hint. Just a hint. This is what curbed <laughs> my desire for sodas and sugar drinks. I'm going to let me ask you this. If you drink like a diet soda, can you taste the aftertaste? I don't drink diet sodas, but if I have, yes. That's because that's what scared me. That's what scared me about trying hint because I thought that there was something in there that would mimic. But now that I know it's just boiled fruit, then I know that there's nothing in it that's, yeah. So you said, Dr. Priyanka, should I try a hint water? This does sound like a commercial. (laughs) I mean, this is totally a setup. Seriously. I know. Whenever patients ask me, can I eat this? Can I eat that? I actually never say yay or nay until I look at the nutritional label myself. So okay. I haven't seen the nutritional so label yet, so I can't comment. But okay. um, I can I can look it up and then I can email you after. Will that. you reach back to me, yeah. please? Because I, I want to know because I have I've heard a lot about hen. I want to try it. I do. I've been doing a lot of the sparkling waters okay. that have the you know. There's a lot of different brands and they have the flavor. Yeah. So I've been doing that a lot. Yeah, some totally, some of those know. have other things in them. No. Do they? I don't, I don't know. Maybe not. So. What do I know? Look. Yeah, lacrosse fine. I usually. mean, calm down with the hit plugging, okay? <laughs> there are, there are other did things. Not talk to me about that before. <laughs> no, I did not. I did not. <laughs> um, so, you know, a good friend of mine is Maria Shriver, who is just. Oh, uh, look at lucky you. <laughs> no, she's wonderful. She's a great incredible lady. Incredible human being. She's a huge advocate for women uh, who are diagnosed with Alzheimer's and suffer from Alzheimer's. And because there's a whole study about why women are a third more likely to get Alzheimer's and nobody mm-hmm. knows. And anyway, so she's kind of uh, educated me on the subject. And a lot of people call, or what she's told me, a lot of people call uh, Alzheimer's is type three diabetes. Yeah. Which I, are you yeah, kidding? which I've yes. never heard because sugar they're discovering and Priyanka, tell me if I'm May. right or wrong. Yes. Sugar is, 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 is a, a, a component of um, bringing on Alzheimer's. Yikes. So the the research on Alzheimer's from the last 20 years has basically mm-hmm. shown that the areas of the brain that develop the Alzheimer's plaques, they're actually these brain plaques, they, they're called mm-hmm. amyloid plaques. Mm-hmm. They've done PET scans or brain scans on, on those brains and they found that they have actually areas of dysregulated glucose uptake. 
So the sugar uptake in those regions is dysregulated. And they found that even before someone develops frank Alzheimer's, years before you can catch the dysregulated glucose uptake in those regions of the brain. The theory is that insulin resistance is what is actually leading to Alzheimer's. And they're now thinking about calling Alzheimer's type three diabetes, wow. which is what Sean is wow. correct. They did a study where they took these rats and they injected them with a medication that gave the rats diabetes. And then they looked at their brains and the rats developed Alzheimer's. And they took people, this is a human study where they took people with Alzheimer's. By the way, so I'm going to stop you. Were the rats aware that they were part of an experiment? Did they okay no. that? They did not okay it. If they have Alzheimer's, they're not aware of much, trust me. They're yeah. They forgot. Aware of okay, much. go ahead. So they took human subjects who had Alzheimer's and they switched them from their regular diet to a low-carb, high-fat diet. So their brain source changed from using glucose or sugar for first fuel to fat or ketones. And they then did cognitive tests on these people with Alzheimer's. And after switching to a ketogenic diet, the cognitive scores improved. And the, wow. the idea is that when the brain, because the brain doesn't necessarily need to run on glucose for energy, the brain can run on fat or ketones. Mm -hmm. So when a brain has Alzheimer's, and there's impaired glucose uptake, if you switch the fuel source to ketones, the brain can run efficiently on those ketones despite the fact mm -hmm. that there's Alzheimer's in the brain. Wow, wow, that's fascinating. I'm a caregiver right now. My dad has dementia, so this is all like... And and the funny thing is, like, I was going to ask you, Dr. Priyanka, about this because I'm having trouble getting him to eat. He's not wanting to eat right now. Mm -hmm. And so, I, but when he wants to eat nine times out of 10, it's going to be something sweet. Right. So yeah. it's interesting yeah. that... Do, Yvette, yeah. my mom passed away from Alzheimer's and mm -hmm. I was a caretaker for her for a little bit. So my mm -hmm. heart goes out to you. I know that's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. So uh, good on you and, and we need to celebrate mm -hmm. you and celebrate anybody who is a caregiver because it is a ton of work. Amen. And anybody's listening and you can alleviate some of the kind of stress of a caregiver, please do even five minutes please. Uh, going to the mm -hmm. grocery store for them, doing laundry for them. Please, please, please help them out. They need yes. all the help they can get. So back to you, Yvette, is the... Mm -hmm. Um, do you think your father may have a sugar-related, like Dr. Priyanka is saying, a sugar-related kind of dementia? I mean, he could. I mean, hearing this for the first time, I, I'm trying to, I'm thinking back, you know. Um, he does drink a lot of water. He is very thin. He's lost weight, but that's because he's not, he just doesn't, he eats randomly. He doesn't, mm -hmm. I never know what day I'm going to be able to get him to eat. Mm -hmm. And, but again, if I were to walk in there right now and go, you want a drumstick? He'd be like, yes, like, mm -hmm. like one of those little ice cream drumsticks, mm -hmm. he'd be all over it. If it's a cheesecake, if it's key lime pie, mm -hmm. he, he loves it and will finish it. Mm -hmm. But if I go in with some protein or, or, you know, rice and vegetables or something, he's like, I don't want yeah. it. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's a really interesting time for me right now. And it's just a phase, like he's, he goes through phases with dementia. So right. some days he's fine and then some days he's not. One day he's eating everything. One day he's eating nothing. So it's just trying to figure out who am I dealing with today and yeah. how do I manage I, look this. At, a if you want to call yeah. me I, I, anytime, I will talk with yeah. you about all of it. I've been through it. Um, it's yeah. really helpful, and I'm sure you have a bunch of people in your life. I no, I don't. I don't have a bunch that have gone through it. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And it's you know, it, you get the, the 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 lovely comments like I'm sorry and I, whatever you need and all that. But it's different when someone is like, okay, this is what happened uh -huh. with me, and this is what I did. Yeah. Like I need that level. I, I'm, I'm in eight, year eight of being a caregiver, so I've reached wow. that level. Uh, I, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I'm so. Sorry. I know. I've reached that level of trying to like. How do I, you know, and then you're working too and you got stuff to do. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. everything is. It's stressful. And, you know, and here yeah, you are taking is. the time off to speak to us. I, I, I mean that. I mean, it's very yeah, kind of you. Yeah, if there's anything I can do, please 
please let and, me know. And, and yeah. truly, please. truly call me. I, I mean it. Yeah, I will. Yeah. Yvette, let's end on a fun note and play a little game. Let's do it. So, Yvette, we have a game. It's Dr. Wally's Wall of Fame. It's a rapid-fire okay. quiz between you and Sean. Okay. Two rapid-fire rounds. You each get three questions. I'll give you a half point for creativity because, after all, it's okay. my game. <laughs> yes. Most correct answer is winner. Got it. Sean's going to go first. Sean, are you ready? I'm born. Okay. Question one. <laughs> Hemophilia is a rare oh. inherited condition that prevents blood from doing what properly? Hemophilia. Oh, well, this is like an easy, from clotting, from that clotting. Was easy. Good, that that's was correct. so easy. Tough crowd. Okay, second question. Speaking of clotting, don't you love clotted sugar? Okay, forget <laughs> it. Keep going. <laughs> well, I have, a, I have a question. Do I get the same question, Sean? <laughs> You're not going to get the same exact question. <laughs> okay, just, I was just asking just a question. Exact same just a questions. Question. <laughs> question two The heart can continue to beat outside of the human body as long as it has an adequate supply of what? Well, blood. Uh, close. Duh, blood duh. contains what? What is oxygen? Ed, there you go. Ding, ding, ding. Oxygen. No, I was going to buzz <laughs> okay. in. Okay. Okay. Last question. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? If a heart is on the outside of the body, what do you mean? During like an operation or something? Yeah, yeah. So and somebody might just like, take it out just for fun and... Well, usually there's a reason everyone's gathered yeah. because of the heart. Um, but yeah, you can actually keep the heart beating as long as you're continuing oh, to oxygenate so it. Oxygen is what's uh, required for the heart muscles to continue Oh, God, working. that kind of stuff hurts my genitals. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, last question. In Star Wars, Revenge of oh. the Sith, what happens to Anakin Skywalker's body at the end of the movie? Well, I, this I don't know. I know this I don't know. I well, know wait, this. I'll tell you why I don't know it. Because those three are bad. Those three movies were bad. Oh, that's not a good. That's not. How dare Wait, you? Wait, so Anna, what was the question? Anakin, what? Anakin died, what? Oh, what was it? Okay. Stop. In Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, yeah, yeah. Anakin Skywalker, what happens to his body at the end of the movie? Well, they burn it, don't they? No, no, they don't burn it. His legs and his arms, they're severed yeah. by Obi Wan. I don't know. Yvette yeah. knows it. Dead, I don't know. Basically. Yvette, what is it? No, I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. He was in, he fought with Obi-Wan and there was the lava. The lava did eat a, quite a bit of his body. Right. It was a lot of burning. That, that <laughs> I knew, but wait, did. what did, but what had yeah. happened to his body? Is there something further than that? Yeah, he loses, he loses his limbs. legs and his oh, legs. Oh, he's oh, basically oh. a robot oh, oh, okay. by the time he's Darth oh, okay. Vader. got it, got it. Okay, okay. How dare Yvette, you? it's your turn now. Yes. Okay. All right. Question one. The epidermis, dermis, and hypodermis make up what part of the body? The largest organ, the skin. Ooh, nice. How about and you that? you included an extra fact. I love that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Second question. Downhill from here. Okay. How many valves does the human heart have? Four valves. Yes, that's correct. How do you oh, know this? I love it. Who are yes. you? Okay. <laughs> Final question. In season uh -oh. one of The Walking Dead, what mm -hmm. secret does CDC scientist Edwin Jenner tell Rick about the zombie infection? The infection is already in all. No way. Yes, three out of three. See, how many years ago was that? That was 10 years ago, nine years wow. ago. We have a very clear winner. Congratulations, Yvette. You are now on the <laughs> Dr. Wally Wall of Fame. <laughs> congratulations. Look, she's doing the happy Got my dog excited. He just came up. Awesome. Yvette, congratulations. You are a light. Everything you're going through, I can't imagine. I can, but God bless you for everything you do and being here Thank today. You, and I mean it when I say call me if you really want to just talk through some stuff. I've been through it. I will. I'll I mean it too. You. you can get my contact information through the guys but please um, and, and and please i want you to have mine and um 
yeah, was something else I was going to say. Oh, you owe me twenty. Yeah, no, I'm going to Venmo you. I, you think I'm kidding? <laughs> so thank you for being here today. You are a star. Thank you. Thank you, honeybun. Thank you so much. Also, just for for being so open and talking about this, you know, it takes a lot yeah. of courage. I feel like it helps people when it you does. talk about things. I think it's important to make sure that, first of all, it humanizes all of us, and none of us have figured it out. And, and if the girl on Community can eat too many donuts and kind of burn out her pancreas, maybe you can too, and you might want to watch yeah, that. For sure. <laughs> and, um, for sure. Yeah, you know, and exactly. it's and it's also important to talk about caregiving because. A lot of people are doing it and they feel like they're doing it alone and you're not. I didn't know that Sean had yeah. done it. You know, Sean now knows that I that I'm in the midst of it. So yeah. absolutely. It's important yeah. to talk about this. I love things. it. And thank you, thank you, yeah. thank you, thank, thank you for you sharing so all of that. Yeah. Thank you, honey. I cannot tell you, Sean, how good it makes me feel to discuss Be diabetes. Be with me. Oh. And <laughs> be with you and discuss diabetes but it's such an important topic well you know like you keep saying it's like a pandemic of its own you know it's yeah and one in three americans has prediabetes wow is that true super common well prediabetes one or two or just pre like generally prediabetes is the precursor to type 2 diabetes which is the more common diabetes I get episodes where I do feel really weak and I I have shakes, like I get Mm -hmm. shakes and I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm going to pass out and I get lightheaded. That's like part of it, right? No? I think it could be, but it could also be other stuff and, you know, we'll have to save it for another episode. Sure, 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 for sure. (laughs) It's okay. There's plenty more. There's plenty more. But God bless that Yvette Nicole Brown. She is just, you know, through it all. So strong. Through it all, just like a a light, still a light. And I know she's going through so much and uh, I just love her. Yeah, totally. Uh, All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Don't worry. Be healthy. Till next time. Bye. Ciao. Hypochondriactor is a Hazy Mills production hosted by me, Sean Hayes, and Dr. Priyanka Wally. Michael Grant Terry and Todd Milliner are our executive producers. Rebecca Eisenberg is our producer. Production and editing is by Rabbit Quinn Productions. And original music by Scott Eisenoble and Lior Rosner. This is a Hazy Mills production. Hey guys, since the recording of this episode, Yvette has had a tragic loss in her family. So from all of us at Hypochondriactor, our hearts go out to her and her family during this difficult time. All content discussed on Hypochondriactor are the individual opinions of Dr. Priyanka Wally and Sean Hayes and should not be construed as personalized medical advice. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Please consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast.